This is episode 27 of Leave the Bottle Podcast. Wow. I'm sorry, 28, yes. I should say. 25, 25 and a half, because I couldn't remember and find the and then 27 and now 28. Ah, we're jamming along here. I think what we started in February, I think. Yeah, well, as we said last yeah. week or whenever that was, we can't really do it regularly that easily. But right. uh, when we do, we dig into the myths and irritating hoaxes of the Internet. And as we were talking, yes. so the first thing, and I, I think I dropped you an email clue on this. I was list. We were talking about, um, or let me put it this way. Uh, one of the things that drives me crazy is how people mindlessly share stories that are kind of sensational. And the 911 Facebook is out story is one of those. I looked at that and go, boy, people are just so stupid. It's unbelievable. And I made a comment on it. I didn't just blindly, I mean, I didn't just share it. I said something like how stupid people were and some other related, some editorial thing. But the point is, I was listening to, and I'll cite the source in case they're wrong, but I was listening to uh, Leo Laporte yesterday, and I don't know when this thing was recorded, but he was saying, oh, I really doubt the veracity of that. And w the way he explained it, and I went and looked at the tweets, they were from the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. But apparently the sheriff who, or deputy, whatever, who, uh, the officer who sent the tweet out saying, please don't call 911, Facebook isn't a police matter. In fact, he was off duty at the time. And then he was challenged on it by somebody, and he said, well, you know, people do this all the time, so I thought I'd kind of do it and to preclude it or something. So it wasn't quite, it wasn't, the story wasn't quite true, I guess, in a way. Um, and then it shows, first of all, that I fell into the same trap that a lot of people fall into about sharing these things. And it's not the first time I've done it, by the way. How about you? Have you fallen into something where you saw, like, later, oh, no. <laughs> It's it happens actually very infrequently for with me because even though I love a good conspiracy, I'm also one of those people who severely doubts most things that I see up front and um, and like Snoop's Snoop's right. is uh, my good friend, um, but there has been times there was a oh, I can't remember now but there was a uh, post that was shared on Facebook uh, maybe four or five months ago. And it got my manufactured outrage up, which we're going to be talking about today, yep. too. Um, it got my manufactured outrage side of me going. And I, I wrote, I shared it and I wrote this whole impassioned, what the hell, blah, 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 blah. Well, I no sooner posted it that I'm like, you know what? I should have gone and checked this out before I posted it. And sure enough, I went up to Snopes, Snopes, however it's pronounced, and it was bogus. And I was just like, oh, my God, I'm such a dumbass. I just became one of those people. I know, yeah. So I went, right, I went right up and I, I deleted it off of Facebook, you know, and, and ate my humble oh, pie. And, evidence, huh? You know, yeah, oh, yeah. Hey, you know what? If I can put it up there, I can take it down. Um but it, it did happen one other time a couple of years ago. That one I did leave up and I slapped my hand to my friends and said, okay, I was an ass. You know, I didn't check this out ahead of time. But I do get a lot of very well-meaning people who post stuff on Facebook. And I'm not just picking on Facebook because I see it all the time, whether it's Twitter, sure. 
Google Plus. You know what? This happens off of social media. This is not really so much a topic about social media. It's a topic about gullibility. It's a it's a topic about trusting. It's a topic about wanting to believe something, predis- predisposition to believing something sometimes in different areas, especially politics. That's the biggest one of all. Yeah. That that all we need to do is have our either our fears confirmed or have our prejudices confirmed and we'll run with it. And uh, that's exactly right. It, that's that's very- actually the name of that fa- logical fallacy is confirmation bias. And they, uh, and yes. that's why that's yes. kind of what the business at Fox news is in, by the way, which is that they'll post this stuff knowing it's, it's total crap and it'll be received and often repeated because of this confirmation bias. I, you know, just as a thought, one real simple example, the birther thing, people wanted so much to believe that uh, Obama was not born, you know, what? Well, not born. Uh, the birth certificate thing, and that he's not a citizen, right? Ridiculous, uh, absolutely ridiculous. Of course, who knows? You know, the, the other side of my skepticism is I don't know, but the point. Yeah, the you do know well, because was you do know because there was a there was a birth certificate in the Honolulu Bulletin that week in 1961. So yeah, you do know. I know. Everybody knows. It's just a bunch of idiots and assholes who don't want to stare reality in the face. So yeah. We, know. We, we, knew, we certainly know the source of stuff like that. And, uh, you know, Fox and now CNN, by the way, with Beck and all these guys. They're not much better. Not really. They're not, not much really. better. Uh, so the other, um, well, there's so much. But uh, one of the things that caught my eye um, was a share that someone I follow shared this thing. And it was by somebody that I didn't follow who was thanking Old Navy for turning his eight-year-old daughter into a sex object or making her, making her, I should have brought the thing and read it, but the point is that it was an article, that it was an article of clothing, an item of clothes, jeans, that he was with her shopping. By the way, uh, don't send the dads shopping with the little girl, send the mom. She would have known better when she saw the label boyfriend. Oh, no, boyfriend, no, 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 women. This is, uh, this is not a sexist thing. This is, she, mom would have known the name the term boyfriend skinny, I'm sure, you know, most women do. I don't know about oh, yeah? that. I don't Did know you ask your wife? people. No, actually, I should. I mean, I should. You know what? I'm going to post that right now on my Facebook because I have a lot of moms mm-hmm. on my Facebook. Find out how many. I'm going to post know. it right now. Yeah. Maybe I can get a response or two before we go off the air. We'll see. On the other hand, if you just, while you're typing, I'll tell you that I Googled boyfriend skinny and there are literally millions of there there's ads there's all kinds of stuff this is not uh the point is it what he saw and there's a there's a term for this and i can't remember what it is maybe not wishful thinking but projection or something where like in fact the person who did this but by the way it was misguided not mischievous or mean or anything i mean it was it was uh, done in good faith and um, just a little bit of ignorance but um the um, you Google it. There's a zillion of these things. It's an it's it's a size. It's a style of cut. I'm sorry. It's a style of cut. And right. uh, the other thing is, and I wanted to mention this to you. I was in a car with a very close friend of mine, and his daughter, who was eight or ten at the most, was in the back seat, and we were talking about something. I said, Ah, yeah, you're going on vacation to Los Angeles, and he said, Yeah, you know, and and immediately, you know, what this little girl said, uh, Where's the best shopping? And I flashed on that because when I was 10 years old, hell, when I was 14 years old, the 14-year-old girls were not doing shopping for designer clothes. <laughs> I'm so old, there was no such thing as designer clothes. No, uh, it just said, you know, and, and I'm not even saying, uh, get off my, 
my lawn. It's, it, it's just a phenomenon. It's not neither good nor bad, probably, that young people don't have that much of a youth anymore. So I don't know what this particular eight-year-old you know, was into, whether she would have been uh, psychologically manipulated like the father was thinking. But my immediate reaction is, hey, you know what? You got one job. You're, her, you're the parent. So all you have to do is explain it. You don't have to get on Google Plus and, and thank Old Navy. By the way, they didn't invent it. I mean, a simple Google would of, um, of Boyfriend Skinny, and if anybody's listening, go ahead and do it. You'll see that it's there's a zillion ads on the internet for this. And yeah, go now, ahead. Yeah, but well, when you were also, when you were a kid, and to a degree when I was a kid, it was starting to ratchet up when I was uh, a kid. But when you were a kid, things were not, uh, when it comes to shopping, were nothing like today. And I'm not talking about the internet. I'm talking the plethora of print print ads and TV ads and the pounding that you take visually and audibly uh, for all of this. When you were a kid, I'm going to guess that pretty much a couple times a year, like in August, just before school, maybe at Christmas time, and maybe one other time a year, your parents took you clothes shopping. You probably went to like, say, Sears or the local department right. store. You know, it was a local, locally owned department store in Minnesota or Washington State or whatever. Yeah, it was Dayton's, and which uh, was bought by Target, Dayton's. or Target was bought by Dayton's, whatever. They were a Midwest right. chain, weren't exactly. they? Right. So, and, and they were strictly a Midwest chain for a long time. And back then, like in the East Coast, they had Grants, Caldors, Bradleys, things that were regional stores. Mm-hmm. And, and while they did newspaper ads, you know, even back then, I mean, the newspaper ads have been done forever. There wasn't the tailoring that there is today. And as kids, we didn't see all of that stuff. I started to see some of uh, like on Saturday mornings for like uh, cereals, candy and things like that. But it still wasn't very big for clothes and so forth. So I think that what we're seeing now is, you know, in 2014, it's so different than say, when because I, well, I think the the kid in that story by by the father uh, that posted she was like eight. He said I, eight. I believe he's the eight was the eight. age. Yeah. Okay, well, when I, and when I was eight, it was nineteen seventy, and yes, things had started to change, but it wasn't like that. Even TV back then, it was very you know it was mostly food oriented and actually still cigarettes. Yep, and. Yep. Uh, and I just remember, like, I went shopping in August, Christmas time. I would get stuff, you know, but maybe it's because also we just didn't make a whole lot of money. I mean, we made money, but you you wore what you had until you outgrew it. And you had a finite amount of clothes. You know, you had your school clothes, you know, your church clothes, maybe. And so you so the shopping experience was, I mean, for me, when I was, you know, 8, 10, 12 years old, shopping meant getting comic books, getting gumballs and fireballs in the store, you know, for, you know, penny candies kind of stuff. It wasn't, okay, let's go to old. Yeah, but wait a minute. Remember, remember that we're males and that uh, more true, than, true. I, you know, that's a, actually it would be a really good question if we had someone who was a parent of uh, younger kids on would be whether whether boys today are more into shopping. Uh, you know, shopping for me was a horribly painful experience. It's like going for a haircut or getting a shot at the doctor. I mean, who wanted... Especially like at eight, by the way. Um, I mean, I detested going shopping, getting having to get new shirts and stuff like that. I really wasn't into it. So like you, you know, it would be more like comic books and candy and stuff like that. 
But again, um, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. Not just the internet, which we've had for what t- over twenty years now, um, but right. also just in general the progression of society. Uh, here's one for you: cable TV. I remember this is kind of funny because uh, this goes way back. But I can remember talking to my brother, and I said I was over at Sonzo's house, and I saw um, a TV show where a guy was getting a blowjob in an alley, and he said, "Oh, that's cable." And I go, "Cable? What's that?" Because I didn't have a TV at the time, and that show was—I uh, wish I could remember the—it's the one where the kid grew up watching TV. It's a comedy. Uh, <laughs> a comedy with well, a blowjob. Well, that was funny because it was. You remember Tom <laughs> Poston by any chance? Is that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. He yeah. was the one yeah, getting love- the blowjob in the alley. Um, damn it! It's you've just you've just ruined I my know, morning that's, completely. That's terrible. And I'm sure a lot of other people <laughs> have just uh, switched. I, off. I love Tom Poston. Well, he was in the yeah. in the seventies and sixties and seventies. He was brilliant. You'd always see him on all these different comedies. But now my mind is just that image now is seared into my brain. I. Thank I've you. Got, this is, you know what? This was a hilarious comedy too. It was about a guy who was in the publishing business, and he, he there was a lot of uh, um, there wasn't explicit sex, but it was like the real, real, real soft and kind of comedy sex, like maybe in Frasier, if you remember that. Where, but they treated it. anyway. The point is that with the start of cable, suddenly there was uh, maybe breasts, and certainly yes. there was mention of sex. Um, I'm not even sure that you heard much of the F word or blowjob, that kind of thing when in the early years. But eventually, either they never were controlled by the FCC or they got out of that harness. And of course, now, I mean, uh, what's the name of my favorite show? I can't remember it now, but the one with the... Um uh, Under the dome. Yeah, yeah. That's. <laughs> oh yeah. That's. I'm. I'm getting behind. I'm. It's so bad. I'm having trouble now. Uh, no. Um, Banshee. Okay. Banshee is the ultimate cable. I mean, there's nothing but. It's yes. all sex and violence. You know. Yes, it is. But it's. Yes. Uh, and I've said this before, but just to justify, there. It's. Um. It's like Playboy. You know, great articles about jazz. No, it's. Mm-hmm. It's. It is. It's horribly violent. And I don't. And I don't no, care for that. Pop, pop out that A in jazz. And I don't. I don't care. About about the, I don't care for violence for violence' sake. I, they're over the top. It's a comic book type of thing, and I'm not that thrilled with watching somebody else having sex. By the way, either. So I mean, but the thing is, there's there's a moral. Um, there's this ethical and moral sense around this horror that makes some sense to me. A little like Homeland, you know, good. It's good drama, but this is so absurd. Anyway, got off on the TV thing, which I didn't want to do. Um, we, we were talking about those that I think society has gotten to a point where there's not much dissonance, like in music, that means a, a sour note. Well, right. uh, b- when Stravinsky wrote The, Rights of, the Rite of Spring, uh, in the 20s, it's well known that he was booed out of the Paris you know, orchestra or uh, the uh, first performance. People were standing up and yelling obscenities and stuff. They hated it because it was considered extremely dissonant. It had a lot of dissonant sounds. But, I mean, today that's like, yeah, whatever. I mean, it's, it's not dissonant anymore. Just like Banshee, you know, I'm sure that a lot of people who are maybe slightly prudish or whatever and forget kids. I'm just talking about adults now. I'm sure right. that adults uh, don't like that. I'm sure there are adults who, uh, you know, a show like Tyrant, for example, which I know you don't like, and I'm not crazy about either. But I mean, it's so horribly violent and so cruel. Um, and yet, these shows are on, not just because they have an audience, because that may go off anytime, frankly, but because society has changed. And that noise, that sound, if you will, that sight, 
is not a big deal anymore like it was. If you think back to something like the Roosevelt years, I mean, I wasn't alive either then, but the point is, you know, how innocent everything was and how the press didn't cover the fact that he was in a wheelchair or whatever that whole, all of that kind of thing, and that it was only with the Kennedys, so that's more or less my time when I was a teenager, the Kennedys where even then nobody talked about the infidelity, the sex, blah, blah, blah. Whereas uh, then you resume up to Clinton, which is when? That's already... 10, 15, 20 years ago, right? Clint, Clinton. Yeah, the, well, yeah, well, the really impeachment. The blowjob is really the theme of this podcast, isn't it? Yes. We've come full the circle. Clinton, the end of the Clinton thing was, uh, don't make me Google this, let's see. Um, Nine, it was 98 and 99. Okay, so right around then. I was, I was moving to so Florida. There's already, so there's already, you cannot um, avoid mention of, you know, fellation or oral sex or whatever they, however they couched it if you will, in in the media. I mean, you know, that story was out there. And by the way, millions of eight-year-old girls must have been asking their parents, by the way, what, you know. Well, you know, uh, to so, me, you know, that, having, having, having a niece myself who's not, who's pretty close mm-hmm. to that age, you know, my first instinct when I saw that post the other day, you know, the the father, and he was well meaning. Yeah, 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 I really, absolutely. I really believe he wasn't he wasn't out to manufacture outrage. I really truly believe that in his heart that he was looking at it from he was perplexed. He didn't understand yeah. when he when he was going shopping for his eight year old daughter and to see label on her jeans, the kind that you take off, the tag right. that you take off. That they that part of the description for the sizing was boyfriend skinny. And he just felt that, you know, that that was wrong, that that it was a sexual sexualization mm-hmm. in in place that shouldn't be there, that he shouldn't have to deal with when it came to his daughter. And then from there, the comments, you know, those back and forth. And then it was the people who brought in the whole it was sexist to begin with and uh, heterosexual sexist because it's assuming automatically that, you know, the girl would want a boyfriend as opposed to having a girlfriend. Which, which just to be clear, that's the whole point is that that has nothing that the boy, word boyfriend had I, nothing. I to was do. Just, you know, that's when I really I, I had a hard time reading any more <laughs> comments after that. I was like, give me a fucking break. Are we are you kidding me? You does this really need to devolve to that yeah. kind of a thing every single goddamn time? And I was just like, just go the fuck away because it was like there you don't have to bring that into every last conversation. And to me, it detracted in it from the from the original intent was sexualization or alleged, supposed, or perceived. I guess perceived mm-hmm. would be a better perceived sexualization in children's clothing marketing. And he, I really think that he his intent was good. I really do. I believe that. I believe his heart was in the right place and that he was troubled and he was bothered by taking his daughter. I think it was probably for school because in some parts of the country, they are already getting wow. back to school. Yeah. Well, like in, down in Florida and places like that, they get, they get out in early May and they go back in early August. Uh, so I think that that's what that was. And I, and I think that sometimes people either don't do, like you said earlier, and don't Google for five seconds, boyfriend skinny or there well, are actually you wouldn't in his defense by the way why would you you know he just he understood oh, no, he, he jumped to a conclusion uh and this is what my contention still is that uh the mother may have well known you know 
I think. I, uh, yeah, I That's don't know. I, don't know. I may have to go back to all those threads and comment. Well, if it would have been his mother. I <laughs> Just kidding. I haven't had anybody yet post um, me back on Facebook, but well, look at the look at the look at the answers. The you know, is, Jim, look at the answers though in some of those courses. Who wants to wade through that? But the point is, a lot of people right. did chime in right away. And by the way, on the on the share of the person that who um, whose post I saw. Uh, I don't know if I was the first, but some a couple of us said, "Oh, you know, that's actually just a fashion term. There's, there's nothing to see here. Move on. You know, big deal." Say, well, to me, it's like you know what? It's I was thrown off for about five seconds, and for about five seconds, I was like, mm, "Okay, I kind of see where he's coming from." And then the more I thought about it, you know, it's like you know what? People are dying in Gaza. People are dying, you know, in Africa of Ebola yep. and things like that. And I'm not trying to trivialize real sexualization in advertising that does cause. Uh, teenagers specifically and preteens more and more to have image issues, to have to become anorexic, things like that. They are very real. Absolutely. Really, really disgusting uh, marketing techniques going on out there, specifically towards children and to a lesser extent adults. Because as an adult, you know, if you're going to be that swayed by by marketing, then yeah, that's on you. But children, that's not on mm-hmm. them. But there are times and it's there are times you have to pick and choose your battles. And to me, this was just one of those times in life where you just have to say, you know what? Move on. Like you said, move on. There's nothing to see here. But that that can actually segue into what we, another thing that we were mm-hmm. wanting to talk about, which is manufactured outrage. I mean, we have at this point, I'm not going to say I haven't been guilty of it because I'm a really passionate person in my beliefs. I'm a, I jump in with both feet a lot of times on a lot of topics. And I, and I try and I try as best as I can to save my biggest passions for the things that matter most to me, as opposed to getting all pissed off and bent out of shape over every last little perceived injustice. I don't always succeed, but we're seeing more and more at this point. And I think that it's always been there, but now we have this great tool to really ratchet it up, which is the internet. And 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 I don't have to. I'm looking at you right now on our screen. You're in France. I'm in Connecticut. But you know, I I could still basically tell you, you know, to f yourself if I wanted to. I could do this. I could do. And there's no actual repercussions that can happen to me. But if you and I were in the same room and I did that, very different story. Chances are we're in the same room. I'm not saying almost anything that I would even if I'm thinking things. I'm I'm not saying almost anything. And we have this liberation now of the internet. It's freed us really from responsibility for our actions a lot of times. So therefore we can, we see something, we can jump right on it and we can get all pissed off and all fired up. And then we can forget about it five minutes later till we go off to our next mm-hmm. tangent on something else. And, and I think that that's, I mean, I'm really starting to kind of step back and away from some of, I'm going on the internet a over the last couple of months, a lot less. I, I barely, I don't know if you've noticed, but like I barely post at this point on yeah, Google+. Plus. I, I mean, I, I mean, anybody who follows me on there sees that I very rarely post. Now, it doesn't mean I'm not there, but I'm picking and choosing now. Uh, I go into more in communities. You know, Facebook, I'm still irritating my friends and family <laughs> with my political posts. But you know what? If they, you know, they actually know me and some of them love me, they're just going to have to put up with that. But even there, I've kind of 
I've kind of tempered it back because I, I'm just seeing too much anger out there and too much hostility out there about nonsense. I'm not talking about people getting killed, kids, children being killed in Gaza or or children at the U.S.-Mexican border being shouted at by ignorant, hateful people. That's not what I'm saying. Save your outrage for those instances. Not even sure but, that it's you – know, uh, I mean – it really depends on what you're trying to accomplish, I guess. And a lot of people want to vent, and uh, hey, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of that too. I don't know if you remember, by the way, there was a there was a post about oh, this was like two years ago, the fairly early days of Google Plus. Some um, guy in Africa who was responsible for kidnapping children or torturing them. There was some the big scandal, and it turned out to be apparently not true. And everybody was resharing it. You know what I'm referring right. to? Yes. Or, or maybe yes. it was a group of people. I don't know. Whatever it was, apparently it was kind of a somewhat of a hoax. And then, and then 10 minutes later, it was all forgotten about because everybody went on to the next Well, one. it was that too, yeah. But this was some huge thing, you know, indignation. And uh, that's one that I, I think after that one, I didn't get into the political and sociological things too much. Because, again, I've said this a thousand times. You're not sure unless you were there, you don't know. And the fact is, I wasn't there when the dad was was outraged about the boyfriend skinny jeans. So maybe that was all taken out of context too. He did ask for shares though, by the way, so that old Navy would Well he got a lot. And he got, I mean, he got way too many. I, last I looked a couple of days ago, he had hundreds of people were resharing. So since then it's probably even more so. And that's the in my opinion, the obnoxious aspect of it. See, if the guy would have just told his yeah. story, his friends responded like they do on Facebook, I guess. Uh, big deal, you know. Plus, I never would have seen it. But since... A it reminded me, it reminded me, sorry, it reminded me a couple months ago of that restaurant, um, the, the Google Glass oh, issue. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's that. It reminded me of that when they went on there and they wanted to, you know, they wanted to whip the uh, whip everybody into this frenzy. Mm. It kind of his was much more subtle, but it was still had the same intent. He still wanted it shared. He still wanted. Yeah, he was trying to start end, a campaign. Manufactured that's, that's the uh, thing that I would object to is that he started to try, uh, try st- right. tried to start a campaign with outrage and all that. Um, in fact, there was a couple other things that happened that are related to that. But my general feeling, and we've discussed this a little bit online, with regard to say Yelp. We saw that there was this little incident in uh, somewhere in New York, I think, where they were. Uh, it was a big, famous hotel, and they were asking for a five hundred dollar deposit when there was a wedding, and that deposit would cover the first infraction of their rule, which is that wedding guests who post negative posts about the hotel on Facebook, they were going to charge five hundred dollars each. And as you pointed out. <laughs> They ineptly tried to back up on that once people got outrage. This is double outrage because it was a very stupid thing for them to do. But on the other hand, everybody got all outraged. And then, you know, because these things actually cancel themselves out. If they did that, yeah, I mean, people know about it, I guess, and fine. But then the fact that they want to continue to talk about it forever and ever, uh, that's a Yeah, but you know what? And that that particular one, though, was interesting because... Say I was booking a wedding there. I was booking an event. It didn't have to be a wedding. I had to sign a contract at the beginning of it with a valid credit card. And in that contract, it stated specifically each review anywhere online. It didn't only have to be on Yelp, anywhere. And the kicker on it was, say I invited you to my Mm -hmm. wedding. I invited Joe Schmo up the street to my wedding and a a plethora of other people. 
And I don't know, the cocktail waitress didn't come around in time for you or whatever, whatever reason you felt like you needed to post a negative review. Even though I paid for the event, I had nothing to do with your actual experience. Well, the idea is that you because, would have. Because well, I signed yeah, it. Yeah, but the idea right. was that I'm you would. I'm supposed to rein you in after the fact. How can I possibly rein you in after yeah, the fact? No, but it wouldn't be after the fact. I think the idea there, as inept as it is, uh, the I, their idea was that you would make it known to your guests that, hey, you know what? Don't make any negative review. Don't go on Yelp because it's going to cost me 500 bucks each time or something like that, uh, which, which, of course, you know, you're not going to do, but that was their thought, well, you know? Yeah, but you know what? They. That the guy, the it's the it's in Hudson, New yeah. York, and the owners, the owner, I'm sorry, was full of crap with his. It was just meant to be tongue in cheek, and it was from several years ago, and it was meant to be taken off the site. Yeah, bullshit, right. bullshit. Because an email has now surfaced that last year he threatened that fine against mm-hmm. somebody. So this was real. He's full of shit. He he absolutely meant it, but now he's backpedaling because social media has taken us up. Because now they're down to one star on Yelp because everybody's warning people, do not. And I would, yeah. too. You know what? I, it's like, you know what? Don't watch what you sign then because you're potentially liable for 500 per offense. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, to me, I, this is he's not the first person to have done it. It's not the first oh, one yeah? who is. Th- I mean, well, there's been legal action taken and there's actually been uh, businesses that have won in court going after people who post negative reviews. Well, if it and, can be proven uh, and, that it's libelous or whatever the exact United States, uh, depending on where you are, where, where, uh, sure, uh, sure, or defamation, me, just, you know, if, if if it's about the person who owns it or something, it would be defamation. If it's uh, untrue stuff, I guess it would be libel. And yeah, I'm no lawyer. I don't know the laws, but I would assume that there's language in laws about doing something on purpose to cause harm, yada, yada. Sure. Yeah, that, and then that's why that's why I'm not naming that hotel or anything like that. But, um, yeah, to me, it was. Well, we're just, just calling them dumb, though. Yeah. We're not saying anything yeah. about the hotel. Yeah. That you shouldn't go no, there. No, I mean, no, I'm not saying that. And you know what? It's not for me to say don't go there. It's not for me to rattle my sword and say don't go there. But but just like any place else, watch what you sign. Well, watch. Watch what and, you sign. You know, yeah, I agree. And the, one of the things about some articles I was reading about this event, this issue, uh, the only reason I read it at all is because it was mentioning. The actual subject, the topic of the article was that a lot of small businesses are are very, very afraid of Yelp, and they're very, very seriously yes. affected by Yelp. And you've been in the restaurant business, and if you were managing yep. a place, let's face it, even if you don't own it, you're managing the place. If the if the figures dropped from one day to the next by you know eighty percent. Uh, and by the way, it happened on your watch, which means that if there was a bad server or whatever happened, uh, okay. But you may have seen what I was saying, which is that if you go to a restaurant, and I've, I actually have myself posted a lot on Yelp, uh, nothing horribly negative. I've occasionally you know, shown, said things that I thought were not the greatest, but I didn't say, I don't recall ever putting a horrible review for any, for any place. And why would you? But what I said when I was talking about that, the idea of it is that um, if you go to a restaurant and it's completely off for some reason, sometimes there are explanations for this and you have to be careful um, 
so that uh, the example I cited was we were in a restaurant. My wife and I went to a place that was in our neighborhood, and I, I think we may have even been there before. We went there, and the service was like so slow. It was incredibly slow, you know, like waiting, 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 waiting. Then the food got there. It wasn't as good as we expected it to be. And as we looked around, though, you can figure this out. It's a small place, you know, and you can figure out that watching the owner uh, walk around and what she, how she, what she was doing and stuff, it came out. And I think we may have after, we may have even asked her about it. But the, it, the truth of the story was that... Uh, that uh, the chef uh, didn't show up for some reason. He was either sick or quit or fired, whatever the reason was. There's no uh-huh. human way that you can cover for certain important positions in a business like that. So they did what they could. I mean, what are you going to do, close? They probably had reservations, too. So, you know, if Absolutely. she's running around, so if she's running around, I mean, you can't get a chef on five minutes notice, not a real one. So, you know, that was the point here was that it really wasn't their fault. And I wasn't going to go on Yelp and say, you know, this restaurant, is, the standards have really fallen and blah, blah, blah. Uh, also, I don't know. Do you post on Yelp or have you even read reviews on it much? I've never posted on Yelp. I, 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 I very... Uh, maybe it's because of a quarter of a century in a restaurant yeah, field. Yeah. You know how powerful um, that is. I do, I do, and I do get that. I'm very aware of all it takes is uh, all it takes is actually a couple of really harsh comments to drown out. And again, it's the whole manufactured outreach yeah, thing. True. All it takes is a few really horrendous comments to drown out all you know maybe twenty superlatives. But if you have three n- terrible ones, and the thing is, is almost every restaurant. Every, I'm going to say every single restaurant. You can eventually, if you go to it enough times, one of the times a server may not be on their game. One of the times the kitchen may not be on their game. Uh, the hostess may not be on her game or his game. They may have screwed up the reservation system. It's going to happen. And the thing is, is what people a lot of times don't understand, again, because they need to get all pissed off, is that we think about your job, whether it's you, whether you're in an office cubicle or whether you're on an assembly line or whether, you know, whatever it is that you do, can you honestly look me in the eye and tell me that every single moment that you're at work all year long, you never make a mistake. Nothing ever happens that either maybe sometimes is out of your control or that you yourself have done wrong. Can you really say that I have done a, a perfect 100% job? 100% score, you're, batting a thousand. And, 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 and to me, and that's not an excuse, but you have to understand sometimes but the, again, it's what we've become at this point. We, we've 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 gotten this tool now, like Yelp, and we can you know beat the shit out of a business in a second over it. I mean, the other day, frankly, the other day I had a really shitty experience at a, at a local coffee shop uh, Sunday late morning, and I ended up waiting for thirty five minutes for two lattes to bring home for wow. my wife. Because because they were taking forever, the kids were taking forever to order to place the orders of the three gentlemen in front of me, and then they ran out of the ingredients <laughs> for the latte. They they had to go downstairs to the basement and bring up the ingredients, this that, and the other thing. And then the, the young man, very nice young man, he makes our lattes, and I had ordered them with soy milk. And he puts them up. And I said, those are soy, right? Because they normally write on the cups. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I forgot. Blah, blah, blah. So he takes it. Well, then he had to go and get more soy. So by the time – and so this was 35 minutes. And the owner of the place had actually taken my order in the first place because it was so busy mm-hmm. in there. 
that they uh, that they ran a second register. And she saw me standing there and standing there and standing there. And it, it was 35. And I'm not saying this as an imaginary. It was a real 35 mm-hmm. minutes for two lattes that I should have been in and out. And knowing that place and how busy it is, yeah, eight, 10 minutes. And it was disappointing that she never came up to me as she was going around doing things, that she never came up to me and said, hey, you know, because I'm in there quite a bit. Hey, I'm sorry that, you know, there's this mix up because she was there. She knew she overheard about mm-hmm. the mix up. And I came home with it and I mentioned it to my wife and she's like, huh, she's, I'm really surprised that they didn't like say anything or offer, Hey, one of them on sure. a house or you know something like that. And I was like, well, you know, not for nothing. I was a restaurant manager at one point. I said, not for nothing, but both of them would have been on a house yeah, yeah, at that yeah, point absolutely. When, when it got, when it got to be that long, but I'm not going to go on Yelp after that and be in and make an ass of well, myself if you, frankly. Live, if you want to go ever go yeah, back especially there. if i live there yeah i want to go ever <laughs> i want to ever go anonymous. back but at the same time you know the, the, it wasn't big enough for me to make a big stink about it it was not big enough for me to write something that could economically harm that business and and all the employees that are in that and sometimes people don't get that part when they're all whipped up in their frenzy and when they see somebody post something on facebook mm-hmm. or twitter or whatever social media where they share this it's like they're not thinking about well what's the potential impact here what financial harm could come now that that hotel in new york you know what i don't want them to go out of business i don't want them to lose customers over this Not because of the owner, because obviously he's an idiot for writing that into the contract. So that's not for him that I say, don't go there. Don't, you know, if the place is nice in general, use the place. This will blow away. Yeah, well, it will. But you know what? Those Yelp reviews, Randy, will not blow away. Well, they do. I'll tell you. Yeah, but you know know that, uh, well, if you're not on Yelp, you don't know this. I'm I'm not a huge. I'm on it. I look at it. No, but the the restaurant, the uh, business owners can respond. And I did make a comment once about one restaurant. I said, you know, this is a place that uh, is a little bit pricey. You know, it's you know, totally true what I was saying, okay? It's a place I've been to right. several times. It's a little pricey. Well, that was an objective. Well, that was an objective view by you, not a... Not a-, a subjective, you mean, no? Subjective. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah totally. Of course, of course. It's, it's uh, well, as far as Santa Barbara goes, this was actually, this is a pricey place. And the food is pretty good, but I mean, you know, but I what I said is I found we found it to be really noisy. We could barely hear each other, and uh, I I prefer to be in a place. And I said in the review, I understand that you know people of a certain age or culture. I mean, sometimes that's a good thing. You want to be in a place that's lively. So I get that. I get that. But but this is not a place for me. And the owner, one of the owners. Um, answered the review saying, well, here's what we try to do and here's what we're doing. Personally, I, you know, I don't think they've ever made any difference. It's, it's noisy, it's noisy. But uh, the owners who are on the ball have the, totally have the right to answer these things. So in the case of this hotel, the guy could go in and just say, I'm a douche. This, we've written this, we've removed this, you know, without being an asshole and saying, oh, this was, you know, from years ago and it stayed on the site and it was my grandfather who wrote it. He can say, okay, mea culpa, I'm sorry, this was absurd and we're not going to do it anymore. And, you know, then he, he has to answer that on on every single comment that mentions it, but then then it is over. I mean, there, I don't think there's much permanent damage to something like that. So whatever. Plus it's weddings and I'm willing to bet that there aren't 50 million places where you can have weddings 
weddings at a certain level either. So it's not like they're going to lose it if if he retracts that whole policy. That'll be forgotten. One would probably. hope not. That'll be forgotten. One would hope not because that that means if it's if it's because employees if, otherwise lose their jobs. It's not that the one asshole. Right. It's the employees when you know. Right. Don't make them all down. suffer for it. You know, is it a beautiful place? Do they do a really nice job otherwise? You know, if they're doing all of those things, if the answers are yes, yeah. yes, and yes, then continue to use the place. Well, how many times you know, are you going to get married? Hotel? That's my first well, question. Uh, <laughs> um, Don't answer. If you're me. in my, if you're in my family, it could be many, many Don't times. Not me, but uh, yeah, other people. Now the other, the other thing is, um, I kind of lost the thread. But the main point is that, uh, oh yeah, I know what I was going to say. Which is also, there's been another problem with Yelp, which has been businesses hiring people to give good reviews. So Yelp is yes. really a hugely mixed bag. I think just yes. in a in passing, TripAdvisor, which is more for hotels and uh, places to go and stuff, it's much more of a travel forum thing. And uh, the advice there, first of all, there's a lot of advice. It's not just dissing everybody, dissing places. It's but but there are you know like the hotel was dirty, and I find that. In places that I have gone to, um, that some of the that the negative reviews are well. First of all, maybe they were made not that recently. You have to be very careful of the date, and also people right. go. Here's another terrible thing that could happen to you as a business owner. So you've got the you know you got the nice place, the hotel, the rooms are booked and everything, and all of a sudden there's a construction site next door that takes six months. What are you going to do? What are you going to yep. do? You, are you going to put in your ads? A luxury with a spa and uh, the bars open. And by the way, there's a construction site that's going to be making a lot of noise all day and with guys whistling and, you know, <laughs> uh, from, you know, until for the next six months. So you that's a tough one. I mean, in other words, there are random things that also can happen. On the other hand, if a but place... But that's the beauty of... Go ahead. That's the beauty part about, though. That's the beauty of TripAdvisor. I love, love, love yeah, TripAdvisor. Because recent users will warn you, hey, just so you know, place is nice, but it's going undergoing renovations. Or like we stay, actually, we stayed in Boston a couple of months mm-hmm. ago, and I got a really good deal on the hotel. And they did they said, did say that during the week, re- users were reporting that during the week, there is renovations going on in certain areas of the hotel that can be pretty mm-hmm. noisy, not on the weekends. And we were going on the weekends, so it didn't affect us but you could see some of the you know the work and they had signs around the place please excuse the appearance blah 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 well you know what it's good that they're updating and remodeling and all that but it was really good though that the uh, recent guests were posting that because then people can make an informed decision especially in a place like boston where there's many 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 uh, places to stay they can say okay well you know i can stay here and maybe get a good deal or I can go someplace else because I just I really don't feel like dealing with that. So that's the that's the good part of that. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's a mixed bag. I think uh, I mean life life is a mixed yep. bag. I mean you you could ask your you could ask five friends your their opinions on the same topic, right. and you're gonna get you're gonna get a different mix along the way. I don't care if it's politics, religion, current events, football, music, whatever. And you and so why should we really expect it to be any different among complete strangers except that we don't know their motivations and so we've already kind of covered well do we always know our friends do we always know our friends family's motivations no you don't but better than strangers no you do have it better than strangers but you know there there can be times when you can be thrown for a loop on that end as well but yeah i agree with you as far as 
to me, in the end, it's like don't trust everything. And I'm not saying trust nothing. Oh, because I that's don't trust not good. anything really. I mean, I, I try to put a, together a combination view if I'm looking at that. I just want to mention one sure. last thing about TripAdvisor and possibly Yelp. I'm not sure. I think more TripAdvisor though, which is that on the hotel listings, a lot of times you'll see that someone on the hotel staff will always thank people for a good review. And that's kind of interesting in passing to notice that, in other words, someone has been assigned to, uh, I don't know if you actually call that social media, but someone is watching that end of it. Because in this day and age, I don't think you can exist without being in control. And if you, this restaurant I mentioned that was noisy, for example, when I posted that review the next day, one of the owners came on and, and was using a very nice tone, by the way, not defensive or anything, and explaining the measures they're taking and you know that they were concerned and sorry that we had a bad experience. I think it even said, if I'm not mistaken, it may have even said uh, if you'll give us another chance, we'll. I, it didn't say comp you, but I think there was some offer that he was even making that was that was totally generous, very nice. Uh, but in any case, Good. in any case, the point Good. is that they were on it and they were on it right then, uh, because because Good. they recognized the importance of that. Well, you know what? When I was a, to to put it on a more personal level, when I was a restaurant manager. I really wanted to hear from my guests. I wanted to hear the good, the bad, and the ugly. If you had a good time, if if server, you know, one did an excellent job and met every one of your needs and the appetizers were great and everything was, and you had a really nice experience, I want to hear that. I, because then I can go to server one and say, hey, you know what? That, that Those uh, customers at table 12 tonight, really, they came to me and they, you know, they said you were wonderful, this, that, and the other thing. That's good. I mean, you know what? It's a tough job. And everybody sometimes wants to hear, you know what? You did good tonight or you did good today or you did a good job. Thank you mm-hmm. very much. Yeah. It goes a long ways. You know, and and but at the same time, if server one did a crappy job and was inattentive and didn't you know come back and check on them and made them feel as if they didn't matter or if the food came out out of order or was cold or just wasn't cooked the way they wanted it, I need to know that too, partially because I need to try to make it right with that person or persons, but also because in the future, then then I need to pull that server aside and say, listen. You know, I don't know what's going on, but you did this, this, and this, and you didn't do this, this, and this. We can't have that. I need you to be able to do it this way. Or I need to be able to go into the kitchen and talk to the to the cooks and be like, okay, I've had complaints tonight that these dishes weren't prepared right. We have to do it in a different way or a better way. For the future, too. So, you know, I think it's... Yeah, but our custo- sometimes that, sometimes no, customers... By the way, think about this. The United States is like, what, 90% service industry. They don't make anything there anymore. So right, um, right. this is a big concern. You want whatever business you're in, um, you don't want to have to walk into a place. And, you know, you, you mentioned an incident that happened to you where you, the person's talking on the phone or something. And who hasn't had that happen? And it all depends on right. the investment, of course, of the employee and whether it's the owner and so on. But uh, anyway, being as uh, there's so much service involved, the service really needs to be the focus. And, and yes. um, somebody just posted the other day uh, a joke about how um, – I have to assume that in such and such a restaurant, when the waitress came up and asked if we were eating bread, it was some kind of a national survey because it never came, um, <laughs> which, which was funny. In fact, I told it funnier than it was written, actually. But I don't know. Maybe this wasn't serious. Maybe that was a joke somebody heard. But again, 
I've, uh, whenever I have problems like this, because after all, we all do. From one time or another, you might ask for a glass of water in a place. Have to ask for it again, and a third time sometimes even. But what's important to note is, is this, is whoever's waiting on you talking to a girl, uh, you know, on the other end of the room and smiling and joking? Or are they actually humping the whole time, busy? Because, yes, they should be able to cover, yes, the management should have enough peak personnel to cover the charge, to cover the, uh, the workload. And, yes, the waiters should be good enough to uh, cover the number of tables they were assigned. That's all well and good. But unless they're not doing anything visibly, you know, it's you got to be really careful what you judge. Again, lest you be judged on your gig. You know, what were you doing talking about some TV shows over at the water cooler for 30 minutes? Well, one of the right. customers, one of your customers was calling, trying to get you on the phone and couldn't, you know? So that's that's a whole oh. do unto others, uh, man. I the just, golden rule is a huge and great thing. Just walk a mile in the other man's shoes. Yes. I just came across it's I've come across this blog before and it's really funny. It's called The Bitchy Waiter. <laughs> if you go if you go to thebitchywaiter.com, yeah. rants and raves from one in the food service industry. It's hysterical. And the newest post that they just posted, uh today's August 6th, so it was yesterday. I think I caught Ebola from table. 16 it is freaking hysterical is. And, and 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 the caption on above is hungover or ebola and they're going on and on and on about the, the guy on table 16 was all sorts of sick and runny nose and this and then the person that's running the block and it's a really funny blog is going on and on about that now that they're sick and you know, so now they're convinced that they and it's obviously that, tongue and in that cheek. Speaks, I mean, by the way that speaks to another thing we don't have really enough time to get into this uh, story but we were also talking about this which was uh, the article and damn it I can't find the reference of this it was a comedian who posted an article about how uh, the PC thing, he got fired from a nice insurance job where he was doing voiceover because he made a some kind of an off-color joke. And he would, he referred to a bunch of incidents that have happened recently. And the Ebola joke, you know, so the too soon, the, that fun. Yeah, whole thing. yeah, whatever. Um, and um, I just noticed something great, though, on the, on the uh, bitchywaiter.com, which is the headline says it all, and it's perfect. If you don't like bugs, don't sit on the patio. <laughs> That's perfect. That's exactly <laughs> it. Uh, anyway, the long story short on this other thing, the PC thing, is really simple. I just want to express myself uh, by saying that I do occasionally run across comedians or people who uh, I'm talking about uh, people who have a microphone, not you know in my lifetime around me. Uh, so your reaction is different, right? And some people's reaction is to get on Twitter and berate people for something they may have said. There's been a whole bunch of this recently, by the way, with, you know, sports announcers and, uh, you know, all of this for uh, supposedly racist comments. All that. Well, I don't approve in any way of any kind of racist comments or even really off color or cruel stuff for people who are dying. You know, you wouldn't normally. That's why I mentioned this in, in the context of the Ebola article. You know, these are not things that that I would joke about necessarily myself, and I may not laugh at the joke if it happens. But you know, there's a there's only a few really lines in my mind. There's there's one thing that I really don't like, and that's making fun of people who are mentally uh, behind. Uh, you know, the, who are who are right. disabled in a way. I don't even know the correct term right. myself here. I know it's not the R word though. But but the no, point is, I that kind of humor to me. 
isn't funny, and it's because there are there's just too many people out here there who are affected by it. And it's it's kind of cruel. But this yes, said, it's... I'm not going to write into a show or tell a sponsor to fire somebody because of that. Um, inciting racial hatred, on the other hand, I think maybe I would. You know what I mean? If you if you're calling yes. for action, and there's a lot of dog whistle stuff out there that actually is calling for action with regard to uh, things like immigration, race, and so on. But getting back to the comedian, a professional comedian uh, making an off-color joke that you don't like, even with the R word, that's horrible, but I just don't see why, you know, don't seek out that person's performance. Don't listen to it. Right. Don't encourage. And, and by the way, don't talk about it. You're just giving them publicity. You know? So, exactly. yeah, that's, it's, that's it's, my take yeah. on that. Hey, I just had uh, somebody on ah, Facebook uh, a response. comment back to me, and she's uh, she's the mother of two uh, young boys, not girls, oh, but uh, but still. And she said she said it means slim fit, and that they already look broken in and worn. That's interesting. I'm not even sure that's 100 percent accurate, but that's her take on it. I mean, the, the broken in and worn part. Hey. I'm not even sure that's part of the boyfriend thing. But yes, in fact, it's supposed but to she, be. But I told, I told her though. I said, well, we're talking about right. people getting outraged about girls' clothes. Right. She said, oh, yeah. She said, it's because the implication is that you've woken up in the morning and put his clothes on. Actually, that's closer to the truth. I mean, to what, to that's what actually I've seen. Really, because, she's really no, no, smart because, and really be, Because the actual... That's actually good. No, that's great. Because the actual uh, origin, supposedly, and I found this on the internet, of course, but as far as I'm given to understand, the idea was that when you borrowed your boyfriend's clothes, and if you mm-hmm. looked right in them or something, you know, that kind... that It's more on that end than, hey, get skinny and be a, be skinny and get a boyfriend. So anyway, I think we've... Uh, got the mileage out of that one so that's great well um never any lack so of talking it. about human foibles is there well i as and she just wrote back to me she's like not exactly what you want a seven-year-old doing and that was kind of his point too you know i don't have a young daughter so i'm not really it's not i'm not qualified having a niece doesn't qualify me emotionally yeah. to to have that argument i mean i can have my opinions on it and that's actually what we were talking about earlier uh, and that's what we do and we have opinions we're human beings we have thoughts and we have opinions but i can't really even though i think that he kind of might have taken it further than it needed to be taken I, you know who knows if i had an eight-year-old daughter and i went and saw that i might think you know what here we go now she, this is the start of my daughter's sexualization by by madison avenue this is the start of my daughter being propelled into an area I don't want her being propelled in that's going to be bombarded by print, by uh, you know, radio, by TV. On the other hand, and, that's the first uh, in a long series because the, there's everything else out there. You look at any magazine cover, for God's sake. you know. Sure, sure, absolutely. So I can appreciate that, too. I can appreciate— no, I know where it's coming from. It's, fr- coming, it's coming from a good— I, I still think it was a little bit over the top, and I still think that— he was well-meaning, but a little over the top. But you know, or the people who picked it up and repeated it that need to be educated. Yes. Uh, I think, in a, in yes. a sense, and and yes. you know what? The like I, I uh, a couple of people answered, including me. Uh, one of the people who I follow in the share, and he said, "Okay, I didn't know about that. That's you know, he he kind of he didn't erase the post or anything. And why should he? But the point is, he understood that it was really nothing." 
Well, you know, hopefully, yeah. You know, the thing is, I got to be honest with you. I've never heard that term ever. Google it. I've never heard it. Well, you know, I mean, I've never gone into a store and I've gone into Old Navy. I shop at Old Navy quite a bit. For and women's I, but clothes? But then again, I'm not lo- No. <laughs> and I'm no. We- well, not, I'm, I'm past that phase of my here, life. Here it is. Okay. <laughs> Boyfriend skinny. Google 34, about 34 million, 100,000 results. Starting with Levi's selfish boyfriend skinny jeans, rinse boyfriend. So the rinse part is probably means that they're worn a little, and that's she's right about that. Find the perfect jeans skinny boyfriend or printed here. Woman's the boyfriend crop skinny jeans. It's a term. Right. Can I tell well, you? Jeans for women, skinny yeah, boyfriend and more. Nordstrom. That's yeah. high level stuff. Skinny boyfriend jeans. Why? Why? Why can't it just be skinny jeans? Ah, because then it would be horribly anti-fat. Uh, ah, I know. I know. Oh, quick, yeah. quick. My wife and I watched the other night, Marty. First time I've ever seen the movie. Wonderful. Ernest Borgnine was yeah, great. That's... Loved it. Loved it. Loved it. Well, we're, and it was made in 1954. Very old. I he think. won the Academy Award for that, I believe. Yes, he did. And it was Best Picture. Wonderful. What's the matter for you? You go find a good girl. What's the matter for you? <laughs> it was just wonderful. So we're watching it. You know, they had a lot of scenes in the ballroom and out in the streets and all and my wife is like, do you notice something? I'm like, what? And she's like, well, other than Ernest Borgnine, nobody's fat. Even the street scenes where they filmed real street scenes in New York City, virtually everybody was skinny. Other than Marty, yeah, because they're all because they're all um, and, and his mother and his yeah. mother. She was the old big Italian mother. Well, because all the extras but, who were hoping to get into more important roles, they're all relatively. But people skinny. weren't. Yeah, but the point being is that people were nowhere near as fat back then. They hadn't already been. They hadn't already been Madison Avenueized. You know, you know, into- I, I'm not 100%. We'll have to look that up. I'm not 100% sure. I know. I see what you're saying, and it's possible because yeah, there's so much obesity now. But as far as people being fat, I know that in my family, um, we had uh, we had people who were what we would call uh, to be generous, large boned. A lot of them. Uh, the point. No, but uh, <laughs> what I was going to say is the opposite of what you just said, which is that today, and I think this is good, by the way. Good sign. Today in most TV casting, I, I don't see that many movies, but in any TV's right up to date, right? Because like something like The Good Wife, everybody in there, it, I mean, the they're filmed like two seconds before after the real things happen, so they're right on today. They got the pulse of today. Um, you, a lot of people, there are a lot of overweight people, visibly overweight people on uh, that have um, uh, supporting cast roles, for example, because it's so. It's so. Sure. What I'm saying is, it's way more represented than the Hollywood of of uh, Bogey and oh absolutely uh, and Lauren, absolutely Lauren uh, Bacall for sure uh, and there you had the fat person in uh, the Bacall in those movie days would be Sidney Sydney Greenstreet and those or no uh, what's the guy's name who's always the um, uh, well, Sidney Greenstreet probably was a little bulky I loved too. Him. Loved him, but oh, he was—he was as Marty said in the movie. He was stocky. Yeah, they're not even fat. They're not like they're huge. Uh, no, Sebastian no, Cabot, no, no. by the way, he's the fat, the round. You know, if you if you know who that yeah. he is, he was he TV. was Orson Welles before Orson Welles became yeah, Orson, Orson Welles, Welles, right? But those people—that's true. That those people were more exceptionally large back no, in the day. Not, I wasn't trying to. I wasn't trying to say that nobody in 1953 or 54, other than Ernest Borg. Nine months fat, you know that. Um, that's not what no, I'm no, saying. No, but you meant that all. American I'm, society I'm, was less 
ten had less tendency to be uh, large in the in those oh, days. Oh, most certainly did. But we ate very different back then too. We ate very different. I mean, even I mean, when you were younger, you didn't carry a water bo- bottle around everywhere you went. You didn't carry no. a coffee everywhere that, is that funny, you went. Huh? I mean, now now I see people in stores who can't even make. And I, I'm the, not the three to, liter bucket of uh, slush and stuff that you're carrying. Well, around. they're eating already. Yeah. They're eating. And the thing is, okay, if you're diabetic and that's right. you know why you have to eat while you're in a store. I completely get that. And I know this is really judgy, <laughs> but I see. And you know what? But what? I'm, I'm, I'm a judgmental asshole. So what? I should start, I should start a blog, the judgmental yeah, asshole. Dot com. And yeah. yeah. And, uh, but I have a hard time believing that I see a lot of people now in stores eating their purchases already before they've even gotten out it's of the calm, stores. Yeah. I, I have a hard time believing that they're all diabetics, you know, yeah. one, no, one no, minute away not, from it's... diabetic shock. I just think that it's like, really? Unless you're having a diabetic reaction, you can't wait till you get out of the store to Actually, eat. don't some stores That's say, just, well, no, they say no food, meaning don't bring any food in. Yeah. Don't bring any they food in. They sell food. I don't know. That's a, that's a whole. See, now I'm manufacturing outrage right now in this moment. Well, it's not outrage. You're just saying something <laughs> that's, that strikes me and, and uh, as well. I mean, I don't care one way or the other, but uh, yeah, you're right that there's a much bigger tendency now for people in mass transit, mass transportation, whatever, you, whatever the word is. Uh, for example, we'll be eating. And over here in Europe, you never saw people eating anything on the street. It was extremely rare to see somebody walking and eating, for example. Which, by the way, I don't care. Uh, is there? Right. You're not going to get anything on my carpet. You know, it's the sidewalk, right? Well, walking, right. eating, and right. throwing the wrapper down is another story. That, that always disgusts me because people are so lazy they can't find a trash can. You know, it's, it's just so... Oh, I beeped the other day somebody, some old guy <laughs> in front of me on, on, a, on the road throughout uh, his wrapper uh, his after he was done eating whatever threw it out and i passed him after that and i'm just like shaking my fist <laughs> get off my lawn <laughs> what's it what's the matter for you what's the yeah. matter for you I was like, you asshole yeah. i mean that's something that you saw 40 years ago you just don't see people are much more cognizant and aware now be, yeah. of it and, and i think that they're 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 people more people would probably do it if nobody was looking you know there's that whole public shaming aspect mm-hmm. of having a jerk a jerk driving by waving his fist at them for doing <laughs> yeah, it yeah well that, that really hurt that really hurt horribly but i know i just felt so much better about myself after well the other that. thing is what, oh, what wow. about the dog owners you know every time i pass somebody whose dog is you know laying a big log on the sidewalk i'm wondering yep. is the bag going to come out i usually try to keep following to watch not following them but my eyes follow <laughs> the situation to see and I always uh, feel like thanking people when they do it when they do pick it up by the way just to give them a constructive uh you know, thing, but the trouble is that's weird. So I don't do it. I live in a suburban area and where most everybody has, you know, yards and, and most of us have dogs. I have two. And I got to tell you, our town has an ordinance where if your dog, your dog is not supposed to roam, mm-hmm. not supposed to go off property, the whole nine yards. And the way of several of our neighbors who don't follow that at all, they think it's still 1950 and they could just do whatever they want in this little suburban town and their dogs. I tell you, it's like I have freaking a target set up on different areas of my lawn that they like to come over on. And they usually do it during the uh-huh. day when 
I'm at work and they like to do their business on my lawn and then they go wandering back to their house and I'm like, okay, the owner thinks that their dog just doesn't shit or something because, oh, I don't ever have to clean the dog shit because there is no dog right, shit. Right. So somehow I feed my dog and it just kind of but metamorphosis or something inside its intestines and goes away. That's why um, we don't have a dog. We would, I would love to have a dog. But uh, if you have a dog, you have to t- – well, see, we live in a city. It's not a big city, but it's still a city. So you'd have to take it out. And once you take it out, you got to yep, pick gotta up, too. It. No, but I mean, then you can't yep. – there is no place here at all where you can just walk around with a dog on a leash. I would never have let the dog run if it wasn't like in a park, which fenced. Because, I, right. because my dog that I had years and years ago got run over exactly that way. I was let her yep. off the leash, and she got confused and tra- – there was traffic and she got run over and killed. But yeah, I have two. Do- I have two dogs, and you know, you have a yard. Uh, have, uh, you have a yard. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, but it's not. It's not fenced in though, so I have to take them out on leash. They're not well behaved. One of them would probably not run away if I put a. If Is I there a nearby leash. park or anything but, you go to? Yeah, there's there's dog parks, but. Um, they have their own risks as well. So, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, and so I have to clean ours. And I don't care about that. That's, I knew that deal going in, but it really ticks me off because I can tell it's going to sound weird, but I can tell when it's theirs and when it's one of the it other dogs. Weird. You're into some weird. And it, well, because my dogs are little <laughs> oh, dogs. I know. So little dogs, of course. little dogs have little. Ooh, well, it's also, if you really want to get into the expertise area, it's also a question <laughs> of freshness because you know when you took right. yours out and you know right. you look at the, right. the dryness index of the uh, feces and see that it's not you know it, it was a t- boy this conversation is really <laughs> going to shift. <laughs> it's gone to all right shit. it looks like we, it's That's also right. getting very late you need to get going oh yes so. i gotta i gotta get going to work it's uh, a little after 7 a.m on the east coast it's a little after 1 p.m. Uh, in your yep. time in France. And I haven't eaten lunch yet, and, uh, speaking of all of the... Uh, oh, I haven't eaten breakfast yet really? either, so I'm going to have to... No, 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 no. I got up to make it Man. for 6 a.m. for this. I got up early, hit the shower, grabbed the coffee, grabbed some water so my voice wouldn't sound too god-awful, and now it's time to have something Yeah, and eat, I, so. I slept about an hour and a half last night. That's another story that'll wait for another time. But anyway, hey, this has been Leave the Bottle. We're at leavethebottlepodcast.com. You can get all the skinny jeans there. <laughs> <laughs> 